Good day, fellas. Welcome back to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. I'm your host of the show. Um, you guys are asking questions. You're going to our website, uncensoredadviceformen.com. You're going to our LinkedIn. You're going to other social channels. You're just finding me and you're going, hey, Josh, uh, your show is impactful. Say thank you to the coaches. And, you know, we'd like some advice on this. You know, can you help us with this situation, whether it's, you know, religion, sex, um, money, careers, so I, I reach out to my network and I say, hey, who can talk to us about this specific topic that men are going through? So guys, if you're out there like listening in and you have some, you know, uh, you need some advice on something, head on over to the website, ask the advice that you need, and I'll go find, you know, some people to speak on it for you. And hopefully it's helpful. Um, on today's show, we're having a part two. This is the, this is the first time we did this, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a part two with VIP. And uh, in, in the first show, he, he spoke about you know, what depression feels like. A lot of the guys that I'm, I'm having conversations with, you know, they're going through uh, a dark time and in their life. And, and uh, the way VIP was experiencing and describing depression, like it, it, it described it perfectly. So if you haven't listened to part one, go into the show notes, click, you know, part one, or go back to the, the website, find part one, listen to that. This is part two. We're going to talk about uh, the turning point in depression and is depression manageable? Is it something we could work out of? Is it something that we can get rid of? So guys, let's welcome Vip back to the show. Great to be back, Josh. And I'm glad this is part two because the first one left me emotionally exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I, in, so in the good. You're so good. I mean, you know, you should consider a role in the Vatican because it felt like confession. I mean, it was so comfortable talking to you. So kudos to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, you know, real, real quick, why don't you tell, um, you know, catch the guys up in, in, your, in your story, you know, like bring, bridge the, the gap from part one to part two for us and then take over, my friend. Well, you know, part one was talking about how I felt with uh, depression, uh, the emotional, mental and the physical aspect of what it felt to me. And I was surprised, uh, having spoken to a few other people, uh, how it resonates with them. And it's almost like they felt the same way. They just didn't feel like describing it in that way, or maybe they couldn't. And when I had said it, it sort of resonated so deeply. And, uh, and then I sort of, you know, in, in, in the last show, talked them through instances in, in, in my life and, and why I sort of felt that way and how... I think for me, depression was that whole purpose of having a purpose that failed to produce. And when that happens repetitively, it starts to sink you down, 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 down until you hit rock bottom. Uh, so, you know, that was uh, that, that part of the show. And, and this part of the show, I, I would like to talk about, you know, how I got out of it and why I removed the, the gun from my mouth, why I stepped back from the edge of the cliff, and why I threw away that rope from Home Depot. Yeah, well, please take us there, sir. So, I guess as men, you know, we have this nature of, of uh, wanting to do things our own way. Uh, you know, my wife will give me directions in the car, but I want to find my own way. Uh, <laughs> she even fights the navigation system. <laughs> so um, it's, it's one of those things. It, I, I guess it's a manly thing, and, and uh, that's all I know. So I treated my emotional and mental fitness 
the same way I treat physical fitness. That, you know, if you, if you want to lose five pounds, yes, anyone can lose five pounds, but can you keep five pounds off, right? That's, that's the, 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 the key. And, and depression is one thing. Once it enters you, it doesn't leave you. People have that fallacy that, you know, it's going to leave you and you'll be happy forever after. No, uh, depression is like herpes. It can resurface. <laughs> Depression sounds gross. <laughs> it is gross. And so you've got to be very, very mindful that you keep it under control. And I'm one of those guys, like, you know, men like to be constructive. We like to be productive. And I wanted to construct and produce a way of how to manage uh, depression. And, and I developed six ways. It took me six weeks where I finally managed to say that I've got it under control. And, and that's what I wanted to share with your guys. Six simple steps in a period of six weeks. As long as you're consistent and true to yourself, you'll see the other side of the curve. And so if you don't mind, I would like to sort of talk about that. Please, the microphone is yours, sir. Okay, step one. Step one is about time. And for me, when I was depressed, one day would become a week, would become a month, would, would become a year. I've been through this for four years now, four painful years. And at, 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 you know, at that point, enough became enough. I needed to say, well, look, I tried uh, medication. I tried therapy. I tried the yoga stuff. It was all sort of uh, temporary, very temporary. And, and that was what was frustrating. I couldn't keep going back to therapy because, you know, at the end of the day, it costs money. I didn't have the money. Same with medication. People don't understand the struggle. The, the, the solutions are there, but sometimes there's a cost to that solution. I needed to find my own way. Uh, in the same way, getting fit, you don't need to join a gym. You need to lift weights, we'll do push-ups. You need to do aerobics, go run. You know, so in the same way, I, I knew uh, I didn't pay to get into depression. I don't need to pay to get out of depression. Very simple philosophy. So the first thing was about time. Time started to control me and consume me. So what I had to do was control time. And like I said in the last show, use your diary, use your mobile phone. If you get up at 8 and you go to bed at 10, you have those uh, 14 hours. Document every hour. I know, but after a few months, I knew exactly what time of day I would feel depressed. I get up at five in the morning. My first hour is the worst damn hour where I confront death at dawn. So between five and six, I'm questioning myself. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, feeling hopeless already. I'm feeling useless. Uh, you know, my, my body's awake, but my mind's asleep. Uh, I'm, I'm going through this den of devils that are surrounding me. But because I've documented it, the reality of that fear is far less than its expectation. Because now I've put it down and I'm saying, bring it. And after two weeks of doing that, I, I actually reduced that one hour to half an hour. Because I found after 30 minutes of feeling depressed or facing all those dark devils of your soul surfacing, I was bored. I was bored with depression. I was like, yeah, okay, what else? Try something. Yeah, tell me something you don't know, right? Exactly, like, right? 
Exactly. I know I suck sometimes. Yeah, tell yeah. me something I don't know. I know I'm the worst guy. I know I'm useless. I know I'm hopeless. I know I'm helpless. So now, now tell me something new because I'm getting bored. Hmm. But here's the thing why you need to document everything that you do during the day. Whether you're having sex, whether you're having dinner, or whether you're having cocktails, uh, whether you're making phone calls, whatever. You know, the more you engage with time, the less you engage with depression. That's why you're doing it. That's why I want to tell everyone each step, why they're doing it, what they're going to get out of it. That's it for step one. Step two, transformation of pain. Start transferring your negativity from one category to another. I don't mean go from negative to positive. That's impossible and that's exhausting. And that's unrealistic. Take your pain. Pain has two forms. It can either paralyze you or give you a sense of purpose. Let me give you my example. During these four years, the number of times I felt ashamed of myself for not being able to look after my family, for almost losing my home, losing my dignity, my ego. Those are very expensive things for a man to lose. They're almost priceless. So I felt ashamed. And what does ashamed do? Ashamed is a selfish pain. Because it all it does is, is shame wants you to go into a room, switch off the lights, sit in a corner, adopt the fetal position, and, 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 and just speak to yourself, why is this happening to me? Or, what will happen next? Uh, when will it end? It's all selfish. I took that transformation of pain by taking shame and taking it to guilt. Same negativity. But what does guilt do? Guilt makes you react. It gives you purpose. Josh, if I insult you, and I know I am wrong, even if I insult you unknowingly, my first reaction is to do something with it and ask for your forgiveness. Say sorry. Maybe buy you a drink. So take your shame and transfer it to guilt. Guilt makes you reactive. Number three. Step three. Going from self-pity to selfless duty. Number of days and months where I felt helpless, I felt useless. I, I wanted to be helpful, I wanted to be useful. That whole thing about being a man where you want to be constructive and productive. First things first, how could I be helpful? Because at the end of the day, every human being has some level of use some le and, and is able to be helpful. How could I help? I did a very simple thing, free of charge. I went to the local soup kitchen. And I started giving meals out to the hungry and homeless. It was soulful therapy. Even though I couldn't afford, at least I gave my effort. I, gave, I was at the front line of selfless duty at the front line. Don't be working in an admin office of some charity. Go to the front line. The soup kitchen is where you will see the struggle to survive. You will look at those people and you will see that, you know what? Um, it doesn't look like suicides entering their mind. They have no home. They have no help. 
I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt because it's so hot. And they're wearing five layers because you know what? They are their wardrobe. They need those when winter sets in. It, it, it's that selfless duty, that struggle to survive. So that was soulful therapy. I then said, okay, now that it helped me feeling um, uh, helpful, how could I now go from useless to feeling useful? Then I found there is this thing these days <clears throat> because, you know, every damn millennial is an entrepreneur. So what have they done? They've put them in a little nest and they call it a business incubator. You must have heard of these. You know, you have them at colleges, you have them in schools, even every state has a business incubator. And all it is is entrepreneurs who are, who are creating a product or a service and require help that they can't afford from accountants, lawyers, uh, potential customers, focus groups, uh, maybe someone who excels in sales or marketing, and they can get help from... They need help from any and everyone, whether it's a housewife who could be part of a focus group, whether it's an executive, uh, whether it's the elderly, anyone and everyone's allowed to come and give their contribution or whatever advice they can give. That's free of charge. So there I felt from useless to useful because I went there, I was helping uh, a few people with sales and, and marketing advice and, and some of my contacts in my network and things like that. And, and there I saw the struggle to succeed. They were making me feel useful. I wasn't helping them. They were helping me. But they were so grateful. What inspired me was not the survival or the success, because when you are suicidal, you don't give a damn about survival or success. What inspired me was the struggle. The struggle. Because when you are suicidal and depressed, you feel the struggle. And you say, well, if other people are struggling too, that state of being, that struggle, that I need to fight my way out of it, that is what inspired me. Real life scenarios. Step four, be at one with nature. Be at one with your faith. Be at one with yourself by going outdoors because when you are depressed, there's a tendency and inclination to stay indoors. Go out, get some fresh air, 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day. So many people who ask me this um, and who are trying this at, at this moment in time, uh, they tell me, oh, uh, it's raining today and you know what, I'll go tomorrow. I said, no, go out today. What do you mean it's raining? You are drowning with depression, damn it. And you're worried about a few drops of rain? Sometimes it's too hot. And they say, <laughs> you're going through hell. You're worried about temperature? <laughs> oh, it's too windy. You're going through a storm, my friend. The, the whole purpose of why you need to be outside is it's discipline. Discipline brings about courage. And believe me, courage is a weapon you're going to need to start rebuilding yourself in depression. Step five, abstain from something, whatever that is. It's a gentle abstinence. For me, I, I, for six weeks, I gave up soda. Uh, you, don't do anything crazy like, you know, if you're a smoker, then give up smoking. No, because you'll put that gun back in your mouth in the second day. So it's got to be a gentle abstinence. If, if, if you... Um, I don't know, 
avoid white bread. Avoid brown bread. Avoid any bread or something for six weeks or whatever it is. I mean, I have bread, but just maybe a, a, avoid a particular type of bread. It has to be a gentle restraint. Choose what you want, but just for six weeks. So if you didn't have it, you wouldn't miss it. Okay? And here's why. It's willpower. Willpower, which is going to give you the confidence that whenever you need the willpower, it's there on tap for you. And you're going to need willpower to live a little bit longer. It's very, very important. And finally, step six. The most therapeutic step, and it can even make you a small fortune. <laughs> Write the greatest story never told. Your own life. Every day, write two pages. Finish it in six weeks. Write your own story. Fill it with the turning points when you won, with the people you met, when you lost what you learned. It's the most powerful way to reflect. Most of all, it's therapeutic because it shows to you that in your life, to this day, as you are writing it, that you have survived every conflict that's confronted you. Write your own story. And I cannot stress that enough. And then treat yourself. Publish it. It's free of charge. You're going to leave a legacy. Go to Amazon. You get the software for free. Start typing away in six weeks. You've written it, publish it. Sense of creativity. What have you got to lose? I had nothing to lose. That's what I did. And, and I'm, I'm here today. Because if I hadn't done any of those six steps, I wouldn't have, forget part two, I wouldn't even uh, have survived uh, part one of this show. And, and look at what you would have achieved. Written your book, gained therapeutic inspiration from your own life, and now... You are a qualified author, my friend. So whatever you are now, add author. That, six steps in six weeks, consistently without fail. That sounds like a lot of work. You know, when I was in depression, depression what, what, yeah, when, when I felt depressed, it was hard for me to be motivated to do anything right. to, to, to go for a run, to walk, to get outdoors. Right. I just, I, I really wanted to curl up. Um, this, this does sound a lot of, of work. Um, it's actually not because if that's what you wanted to do was just to curl up, it should be in your diary that you're going to curl up <laughs> that the night before that, you know, you're going to curl up. Yeah, that, that'd probably be helpful. Like, hey, I'm going to do shit tomorrow. So I'm just going to curl up. And I mean, right. gosh, when you have kids, you can't really do a lot of stuff. So it's hard having kids and going through depression. Um, tough, tough times call for tough measures. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I never said it was uh, not a lot of work, but I didn't say it was simple and easy. You, you will find time. You will create time. If you are on that mission to give it one last fight, you need, you, you need some weapons. 
Because at some point uh, from that curling up, you're now sitting down in front of a microphone. So you had some turning points in your own life as well. Sure, yeah. But, but you know, some people are, are so genuinely lost, so genuinely lost that they'll grab at anything. And none of this costs any money. Um, I'm not encouraging you to change uh, anything, but use what's working against you to now work for you. If you're doing nothing the next day, at least put it down the night before. And when you get up in the morning, look at your diary and say, okay, today I'm doing nothing because that's what I felt like doing uh, yesterday. There's a method behind my madness. There's a strategy. Out of the, sex, uh, the, the six steps going through that, what, what was the most difficult step for you and why? The most difficult step was transformation of pain. Because the thing with depression is, it's always about me, 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 right? Uh, to go from shame to guilt, still negative, but now guilt brings more people into the party. Because now you're doing it for somebody else that, you know, I want to make things right for my wife. I want to make things right for my son. So that is challenging. there came a turning point in me where I said, enough is damn enough. When I, when I pulled that gun out of my mouth, like if I'm not scared of pulling this trigger, I'm not scared of trying something new. I'm not scared of anything anymore. And if I have to seduce myself with developing certain types of discipline, certain types of willpower, this and that. Uh, I, I will use those weapons. I will give it a last shot. So, when you're at that, like, at, like I said, at that point of maximum danger is your point of minimum fear. If I have no fear of having a, a Smith & Wesson in my mouth, then then. What have I got to lose? If I'm not scared of confronting God, then why should I be scared of confronting humanity? Why should I be con scared of confronting life? That's the way you, you take your depression, turn it to anger. I'm not asking you to do miracles. I took my sadness, I, I, I took it to anger. And anger is, makes you react. And that's the thing. After you finish with depression and you come out of it, even though it's still there, but it's in a corner now, waiting to pounce on you if you let it. Um, I, I, I used, when you come out of it, you're going to feel angry. You're going to feel angry at what the hell happened to you, why you had to go through this, why me, God, and, and all these questions are going to come at you. You're going to feel like you've come out of a hangover after a party that you didn't want to be in. You're going to go through emotional exhaustion. You're going to go through mental dehydration. Because it's going to feel like there, there, there was like a 400 lead weight on your head compressing your neck into your chest that's finally been taken off. Doesn't mean you're going to pop back up and be your normal self again. You're going to have these emotions. When you have these emotions, 
you know you're on your way to recovery. It's not la-la land. You're going to resent a life. You're, you're, you're actually, but you're also going to be sort of uh, bolder. You're going to be more, more angry, and, 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 and uh, you're actually going to have more courage. Is it okay to be angry? I think a, a lot of times when coming from a depression or from a major failure or something where you're coming out of a rut, and maybe this could be uh, how you can kind of wrap us, put a bow on this. Right. Is it okay to have, you know, those kind of feelings of that, that, that anger coming from that to transfer that pain into anger, which creates an action. Is that okay? Look, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a, below average human being at best um, so I have no miracle cures for anything I know only what I know I know what I experience yes uh, is it okay to be angry it's okay to be angry at a situation it's not okay to be angry at the ones who love you who've been through this with you who've supported you you got to manage that you can't be exploding at home um, but if you want to really you know uh, exit your anger then you might want to, I guess, go to the gym uh, or, or do some sort of thing where every sweat that comes out of you, every drop of sweat comes, comes out is an ounce of anger that leaves you. I, I guess that's the, the best and the safest way um, for it to exit. Choose, choose what you're angry at. Direct it. Right. Got it. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing these six steps. I, I was writing through and, and kind of going back and mapping it out. Like, did I do these things or which of it did I do? And th this is a very helpful uh, guidelines, a very helpful map for someone who might be, you know, really, really hurting. I wish I had this uh, at the time. Um, where could people go to connect with you, to get more information from you? Um, more to talk with you if uh, if they're going through well, something like this. I'm on VipJazzwell.com. I just started my YouTube channel last week. And, you know, unless you have 100 subscribers, they don't give you the name of that channel. So I'll, I'll uh, if you, you know, allow, I can I'll give you the, send you the link. And, yeah. And, and you know, on, on the blurb that you write for each show, you can put it there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's really, but, yeah, on, on, the, on my website, there's a way to get in touch with me and I'll normally get in touch within half a day. At the awesome. Awesome. Guys, guys listening into this, man, if you're facing depression, if depression is crushing down on you, if it's squeezing your neck, um, you know, hear, hear my words. Like you're not alone. There's help and support. Reach out to our, our guests and say, you know, first of all, thank you. Uh, dig into their story. You, you know, people have gone through, what you're going through or in, in some way or form. And uh, there is, um, there's help out there. So uh, reach out to our guests, say thank you. And if what they're saying resonates with you or you find it helpful, reach out to them and say, hey, I need help. You know, give me those six steps, you know, write them down for me or, or help me map it out or whatever that looks like. Reach out. You know, I, I asked for the advice. You just have to follow through. Uh, guys, thanks for listening into this podcast interview. I hope this is helpful. Hope this is um, rescuing some of you guys and uh, just building uh, a community of us, you know, working together to be better. Hope you guys are having a great day. Talk to you on the next episode. See you guys.